Never in the history of the world have the merchants of obscenity had available to them the modern facilities for disseminating this filth. Disseminating this filth. The onslaught of the communist masters of deceit. Bingo. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Eve is here. Yep, yep, yep. Marlo's here. What's up? All right. We're all here. Welcome to Pinko Kami Slug. Oh, God damn it. Okay, let me grab my copy of Spectres real quick. I kept meaning to do that before we started <laughs> recording, and then I got distracted and, like, poured myself another drink and, like, oh, all boy. kinds of bullshit. So I'll be right back. Well, Marlo will be right back. I'm glad he got his drink in order first. <laughs> oh, boy. What a week. I've just been mired in comedy drama all week. What comedy drama? You know, just comic after comic being revealed as a notorious pedophile. Things like this. <laughs> so you're saying comedy is like the Catholic Church? Yes. Comedy this week was definitely like the Catholic Church. Or the boys, they, yeah, no, they all institutions fuck children. Uh, but uh, if for those of you who don't know, listening, first it uh, started off with Crystalia, a uh, young lady, came out and was like, he tried to make out with me when I was a child, I was underage, and then several other young women had similar experiences uh, with many showing receipts of this man messaging them after they've made him aware of their age and etc. To be fair, like, the original messenger was like, oh, she's 17, and okay, that is a crime and all, it's the closest to being adult you can be, but the dude certainly has a fetish for the idea of oh, yeah. someone being underage. Oh, yeah. It was a whole mess this week. Uh, I got into it personally with Neil Brennan, uh, a Chappelle show co-writer fame, Neil Brennan, who couldn't deal Defense with... pedophiles. Well, he couldn't deal... I Look, I'm going to give him his full due here because uh, he came in very defensive. He initially tweeted this thing like, I'll give... A rape charity, a thousand dollars for every like accurate accusation against Delia. And then he took it down and he was like, I believe in due process, right? <laughs> awesome. So already no, but no, this is part of Marlo's continuing quest to get sued by someone and become famous because of that. Uh Neil is a pedophile defender. <laughs> so um a pedophile I, defender. A pedophile defender. So mm -hmm. I get into it with him in the comment section of my friend's Instagram, as you do. Uh, or I guess he chose that's where he wanted to mix it up. Yeah, it was 
yes. the chosen ground of battle amongst comedians is your friend's Instagram comment section. Yes, and uh, basically he was like, he essentially told me he didn't feel like it was appropriate to use the word pedophile until a trial or <laughs> charges had been filed. And... I explained to him that what he was witnessing was the girls themselves coming forward and other people believing them. That's what happened. Uh, there was no like grand conspiracy. I mean, this I will say it was delayed because I fucking hate Crystalia. I, I was not privy to any rumors in this area, but I did know he was a fucking uh, he's like a fucking TV producer's kid who like got him into the biz. He's a fucking rich kid. And um, his yeah, I've never heard of the motherfucker. Uh, no, 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 but I have plenty of friends who have. Nobody I know well, has. I will this. just say the various uh, mentions of R. Kelly from Chappelle's show have not aged well. <laughs> yes. So eventually enough people come out where Neil Brennan, he doesn't directly apologize. He does say that it, it's the worst thing you could call a person is a pedophile. So that's why he's so serious. <laughs> About, yeah, that's why he's so serious about not using the word. Also, this is why I even jumped in there with this motherfucker. He tried to use his proximity to black people (laughs) to defend this fucking creep. He was canceled by Dave Chappelle before canceling was a thing. So he basically was like, I just know too many people, parentheses of color, who've been falsely accused and ground through the system. Yeah, that's what we call the Patrice O'Neill defense. (laughs) Where it's like, oh yeah, I guess To Kill a Mockingbird is a book I've read once. (laughs) So basically, you know, I was like, okay, that's really fucking whack. Delia's not black He's everyone not- who has ever been accused of rape is basically emmett till yeah uh- <laughs> oh gosh anyway it was silly uh in that he was like a trial should take place it's the worst thing you can call a person and i was like so we get like a lower level court where it doesn't actually give criminal charges but it allows us to call a person a pedophile yeah i think i think (laughs) that's just all it has the power to do is we writ large as society in discussing this can call this dude a pedophile At least he didn't go with the hebophilia. Well, we tried to troll him there. Uh, oh, yeah, no, that is definite lower right shit. We were trying to troll him there. He did not take the bait. But then I did say, well, you know, if it is Because he's worst old thing, and he's not online enough to understand He's not online that. enough. But I told him, well, if it's the worst thing, you can call a person. It's pretty weird that his friend didn't seem to give a shit about doing things that might give this impression. And maybe you should take the energy to your friend. And and Neil was like fair and then he deleted the comments for the most part I mean, and then he posted on his Twitter that he was the wrongest motherfucker <laughs> alive <laughs> so it's I'm gonna super take not that hard to not consistently have a pattern of hitting on 17 year olds and clearly being turned on by the fact that they're technically underage Ugh, I don't know the worst thing about the text messages it wasn't like they were like particularly explicit. It was like how Crystalia was trying to like right. mimic teen speak. <laughs> he was like, "OMG, LOL." 
like we should make out and i was like oh god how yeah. gross like ugh. also i just want to go on record and say i know far more crystalia hitting on teenagers than i know of a single crystalia comedy bit <laughs> i have I never heard of this person until i found out he was a pedophile i will tell you like there are just some particular people that i just don't like for no particular reason that i can consciously deduce oh yeah it's like <laughs> it's like i've had so many female friends who like had a dog that would just bark at certain dudes mm -hmm. and they would like swear by that as like almost as much as like chicks are stereotypically into like zodiac and whatnot they would swear by their dog's ability to suss out a dude yeah yeah. So yeah, I always had a like ugh vibe about him anyway. So, but I think it's interesting that so many people the tide has turned because I feel like so many people were eager to be like, oh, maybe it was just these messages and he's never actually done anything, which I don't give a shit about. Like, you're a fucking creep who is on purpose messaging children and like at least making them feel weird. Yeah, <laughs> like at least also like literally being turned on by the fact that they are technically legally underage. Like yeah. that is a clear fetish from this pattern and messages and then it's not just like certainly there were girls that were like omg i'm such a fan that he like exploited but there were several girls that he messaged out of nowhere and right. like i don't know man i just think that is a, a troubling thing i say normalize telling your 30 something friends that I don't think it's cute that you brought 18-year-olds somewhere. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually, not to brag or whatever, no, I <laughs> recently, like, I, I met someone through DSA and, like, we're talking and whatever, and she mentioned, oh, yeah, she's 19, and I was like, oh, eh, never mind. Because, <laughs> uh, I don't know, it's kind of weird to me. What is what is happening? That is uh, the fireworks going off in Williams. Jesus Christ! Oh my God, that's a psyop, dude. Yo, yeah. Uh, we're no longer trying to be Comtown. We're now going to be Tronon. Are you up on this <laughs> fucking psyop with the fireworks? Yeah. Yes, I have heard. I don't quite understand why. Well, the point is, there's fireworks make a noise, and that is a nefarious plot. They've been going nonstop, nonstop. That is what they did to Noriega, dude. Plus the band ACDC. Have they been playing ACDC on loudspeakers? Because that would be a psyop. Um, no. But Actually, do with the drummer trying to kill somebody? No, and also I'm incorrect. No, the most famous thing from the Noriega arrest, which this brings us down back to the lore, was Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, well, I know a lot about that. Oh, do you? Um, <laughs> but, like, is no one else familiar with the Noriega no. arrest? No. Seriously, I mean, this is lightly, like... I am aware of it in that it is referenced <laughs> by others. Okay. But the actual event, not as much. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's like Toad's fucked up. Okay. Yeah, no, there's several. I, I thought I was 
correct, but I also thought that I just thought because of the Van Halen song and then uh, <laughs> Welcome to the Jungle and blah, blah, blah. I was just thinking, oh, Panama, obviously. But no, it was totally Panama. Anyway, famously, the motherfucker, I mean, U.S. supported individual who absolutely got fucked over by the u.s yeah he was charged in a miami court or a florida court i don't know if it was in miami uh with drug trafficking which he was running drugs for the cia like he a hundred percent was drug trafficking for the cia but like so the good drug trafficking yeah, but like the only, the only drug traffic. We changed our mind about it, so then we decided to arrest him. He took refuge in the Vatican Embassy, which is a whole big to do if you're to storm that. And uh, so then we played like enough Guns N' Roses until he <laughs> surrendered. Uh, yeah, it was a thing. I did know the part about playing a lot of Guns N' Roses. Yeah, yeah. There's no Guns N' Roses, but we rode by them, and they're just shooting in the middle of, like, South 4th Street. Well, I did, like... Also, it is, like, almost 4th of July. Yeah, I did, like, the video... This has been going on for, like, two weeks. Yeah, well, before then was a revolution, and now it's almost 4th of July. So, like, (laughs) events run into each other. If Purim happened to (laughs) fall on this week, you'd also have some Purim fire. Well, I did like I did like the video of the I assume teens having a Roman candle fight and someone posting it like it's like the Middle East. Um, I do not want to support Roman candle fights. They are dangerous. (laughs) I'm for I'm for uh, them and I'm also for sparkler fights. Well, Um, yeah, I mean I'm just burn some magnesium and shove it into your friend's fucking chest. Yeah, I'm just, I just want to That's emphasize, I am trash. Before the snowflakes yeah. took over. I am trash. Uh, I have been privy to a Roman candle fight in my life. I just oh, want absolutely. everyone to know, it's, as a child, I was the one being like, this is dangerous. <laughs> yeah. But I get it. It is fun. It is not the Middle East. Um and, no, this, um, is, this is 1950s Americana, where these fucks say they want to go back to. Well, part of that is your friend doesn't have ten fingers because cherry bombs are legal. So, mm-hmm. you know, deal with that shit, yeah? Cherry bombs. What a cute name, you know? Yeah. Cherry bomb! Adorable. Over where I'm at, it hasn't been nonstop fireworks, but there's been some. Yeah, and where I'm in, um, it's basically leave it to Beaverville, and this shit sucks ass. <laughs> well, at least you weren't defending your pedophile friends like some people were this week. Uh, again, I should give Neil credit. He did admit to being the wrongest man alive. I, I think, in fact, twice because it came uh, to everyone's attention again, which I posted about in October that Jeff Ross, uh, the roast master himself, is also a fucking predator. Yeah, he is. And Jeff Ross, if you have issues about that, sue us. Name us in your lawsuit, Pinko Comics Plots. Yeah, and and where that that weird cornrow get-up that you wore to the one roast that no one was like... Jeff Ross is the shittiest fucking comedian 
You can only be an ugly dirt ball. You can only be an ugly dirt ball if you're not actually a dirt bag. Like Dane Cook is a better comedian than Jeff Ross because Dane Cook at least like served a purpose. Well, at least Dane Cook uh, made it legit when he dated his underage girlfriend. Yeah, holy shit! Like, uh, no, okay, uh, this just goes back to my thing where he lives with a woman that he knew since she was fifteen, and they moved in together like a month after she turned eighteen. Which I don't give a fuck how legal it is. Use a creep, and why are you still wearing flared jeans, Dane Cook? I came up with a uh, a parody name for Dane Cook. Is it Dane Cock? <laughs> no, it's Dank Foot. <laughs> <laughs> I like Dane Cock. <laughs> or Dane Cock. What about, what about Dane Cock? Oh, <laughs> shit. Okay. Bunny wins. Oh. <laughs> Remember when Matt Taibbi was like a cool guy. <laughs> yeah, remember 2004 when you hated George W. Bush and your boomer parents had a uh, fucking subscription to the Rolling Stone? And, <laughs> and like, it never went away. It's still showing up to my Yeah, parents. no, everyone has a subscription to Rolling Stone. That's like just a rule. And in and we, everyone, I tried to there is a giant fucking Matt Taibbi article with those illustrations that were in Rolling Stone that, like, is the general uh, smart douchebag magazine illustration caricatures that have been going on since Huck in 1874 (laughs) um, of just basically a Bugs Bunny caricature of Tojo, but it's been updated to Kim Jong-un and, like, George Bush... Well, okay, back then it would be Kim Jong-il. And George Bush would be, like, a fucking chimpanzee with, like, big ears and a monkey tail going, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, what's this big red nuclear button? Let me push that and, like, fuck us in Iraq or whatever. And you'd have this Matt Taibbi article that would be awesome. You'd read it. And it would and then he'd be go like, on Bill Maher. Yeah, yeah. And you're like fucking son of a communist German immigrant grandfather would be going like, hey, did you see Bill Maher? They had some fucking guinea on it or whatever because he doesn't know what ethnicity Matt Taibbi is. Who does? But, Who does? Um, <laughs> That's, I, I would like that to canonically remain a mystery. <laughs> I'm going to go Turkish and tie it into the rest of the shit. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, no, Matt Taibbi was the thinking man's Michael Moore back in the mid-2000s. He was the, like, oh. No, he was the, he was the text Moore. He was the text Michael Moore. No, that would have been Al Franken with his release of the book Liars and the Lying Liars Who Lie or whatever. Lies the fu- and the Lying Liars Who Tell Them. Yeah, whatever the fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, I did own that book. I absolutely own that book. I own Dude, Where's My Country? I was given as a Christmas gift the God Delusion by my mom's high school friends. And I never fucking read it because even in 2004, I realized new atheism is fucking stupid. I will Um, say, I will say, though, caveat, Hitchens, God is not great, was surprisingly good. (laughs) 
I've never read that. I've read it's a, a really cr- it's a really good just deep dive into some historical shit. Like yeah, he, he doesn't, I don't uh, give a shit. I he doesn't really preach never. very much uh, like about his fucking whatever. Also, I do always appreciate a specific Mother Teresa contrarianism because fuck that bitch. Uh, yeah, okay, fine. But like <laughs> Hitchens did that once back in like 2002 and then we don't need to hear about it again. I don't Oh care. yeah. It's, like, it's his post Oh yeah, what if Mother nonsense. Teresa was bad? Okay, got it. We did it. We we, we I'm also on board. Gandhi. Yes. Gandhi sucked ass. Mother Teresa sucked also, ass. Also the people from Wild Wild Country that documentary, there's a whole chapter about them and God is not great. <laughs> Yeah, I would actually, from a Marxist-Leninist standpoint, figure them into my uh, insane ideology as being uh, natlib, basically third-worldist freedom fighters against the uh, bullshit labor aristocracy that was that bumfuck town they moved to. (laughs) Anyway, uh, all those people deserve to have salmonella or whatever. But yeah, anyway, so Taibi, he wrote an article. Picture for the article was a bunch of ostriches burying their heads in sand because, you know, we no longer have cool artists who can do Rolling Stones magazine art anymore. For He's not in... Rolling Stone. Yeah, I know, and um, I blame him for that. (laughs) At least then he had access to good Puckian cartoon. Well, why did he quit? Like, he just... I don't know. I mean, well, that's reasonable if you're a journalist of that stature and you got there through Rolling Stone, but you've outgrown Rolling Stone. Like, yeah, 100%, you should not write for Rolling Stone. Not blaming a man for quitting Rolling Stone. I mean, certainly. Hey, did you know that... Oh, fuck, now I forget his goddamn name. Uh, uh, the dude in the fucking schoolboy outfit who, like, played for ACDC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Angus Young? Yeah. Did you know he was number 76 on Rolling Stone's 2008 Greatest 100 Guitarists of All Time? Oh, that's because he deserved it. Well, that's because, like, seriously, why the fuck would you continue to write for Rolling Stone? He can play while he's on the ground spinning in a circle. He can play despite having Alzheimer's and not remembering what notes are. (laughs) So I just have one. Whatever, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Who can remember more than one person from, or even one person from the band ACDC. Ooh, I can remember. Um, that's how you Yeah, anyway, that brings us back to this the band ACDC. They just exist as a collective. Um, I, but the, also the drummer tried to kill somebody. A member of the iconic band ACDC facing serious charges this morning, accused of trying to hire a hitman to kill two people. Yeah, so, let's keep- like, they're they're Australian. I get it. Like they all have mental illnesses, and they've Wait, they're, they're all felons. <laughs> uh, yeah, ACDC is Australian as fuck, and that so it's it's more like ICDC. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> they're all prisoners. Yeah, like they're, all prisoners. They're, they're just a white trash band from the white trashiest country ever. That's true. <laughs> and we're never getting to this 
fucking Taibi article. Look, Taibi, what did he write an article about? I he wrote an article where he said the left is losing its mind, and I had a very smart critique of this shit. Get ready, guys. It's very smart. I don't know. Okay, so <laughs> basically my critique is very law school and very, like, twofold, where... Basically, um, his entire epistemology for his argument is wrong. And also, even if you were to assume his epistemological fucking assumptions for this article, he's also incoherent. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. I mean, okay, so basically twofold. One, the general idea behind the article is he's very angry that Lee Fang was had mean things said about him. Also someone whose race I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean I assume he's Fang a... is from Transylvania as a last name. <laughs> I like I... that joke. Thanks for laughing at it, Bunny. Fuck you. Look. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he just got it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, but basically, as this very liberal epistemology that like kind of assumes this democratic consensus based reality, like basically his point is high level executives in mainstream media outlets that are surviving this like fucking. 20-year tumult of just anyone who can have an internet connection as a journalist, there's, like, these few fucking elite institutions that manage to be considered the, like, truth bearers. Within those organizations, people who are paid $750,000 a year to manage that are getting in trouble for publishing articles that a few people find are, like, annoying is basically the summary of the article. I, I don't know. So within that, he has this critique that basically is premised around the idea that if enough Americans agree in opinion polls with a position, you shouldn't get in trouble uh, for publishing an article that supports that position. I don't know that that's the best idea. But then within that, he names essentially the send in the troops op-ed in the New York Times. Lee Fang publishing, like, why don't we talk about black on black crime? And finally, the Philadelphia Inquirer running the headline, Buildings Matter Too. Uh, and spoiler and, alert, they do not. <laughs> yeah, so breaking this down. Number one, I think there's a reasonable critique to have with the idea that if enough Americans agree with a thing, that should be the truth that we agree on. I guess, yeah. Uh, I get what he's trying to say, I think. If we're being generous. I mean, he doesn't say that, but it's kind of implied. It comes up multiple times in the article of this is a position that was pulled at 85% support and an editor should get in trouble for publishing an article that has 85% support is ridiculous. This actually especially comes up with one of the episodes he mentions in the article, which was a few weeks ago, the Minneapolis mayor came to talk 
to uh, the protest. And basically, the Minneapolis mayor got Cersei Lannistered, as they say. The protesters said, They cut her hair. Fuck you. <laughs> shame, shame, shame. I don't think they ever cut Cersei Lannister's hair. It would have been appropriate for what they were trying to communicate, but also those writers are dumb. But anyway, he got angry about that because the point of contention was... The Minneapolis mayor was talking about police reform and the protesters by and large wanted to abolish the police, which is an admittedly fair supported position in this country. But the mayor was talking to a protest. The mayor was not running for fucking re-election. The mayor was not giving a stump speech. The mayor was talking to a vanguard, by definition, group that was pushing for something that was beyond simply reforming the police. And honestly, why shouldn't they use their power of outnumbering the mayor to make their position known? The idea that they should somehow defer to national opinion polls makes <laughs> absolutely no sense. The mayor chose to talk to the protesters. The protesters had a consensus opinion within the protest. It might have deviated from national opinion polls because they were a group of protesters that the mayor chose to talk to. The mayor gave out a position. The protesters didn't like that position, and they made that known. What the fuck is the problem with that? The problem is that... People are very scared without their Office of Friendlies. And uh, <laughs> it just lights me up when people clutch their pearls at something in particular. Even if I wasn't already in support of abolishing the police, the very fact that it scares the shit out of people, especially people who've never really interacted with police just makes me like it even if I didn't have a very good reason for supporting their abolishment. I just think that there's a lot of liberals and light leftists and whatever who can dress up that same fear of not having the police around. And I just feel like Taibi's a little bit falling into that. You know, all it takes for a fucking journalist is to talk to one so-called, quote-unquote, good cop. And they feel like they've heard the real fucking story about the real guys who are the real good guys, you know? That was basically the Lee Fang point, was that Lee Fang talked to one black protester who said, why don't we talk about black on black crime, and then reposted that interview or that line in the interview and it got, you know, him being called a racist. Well, he, yeah, because if you're, if you're a fucking person who's working right now, um, you should know that that's a well-known fucking dog whistle. It doesn't matter that a person of color has uh, internalized this argument and is spitting it back out. Like, that doesn't make it worthy of discussion alone. And it's like... Is this everyone's first time talking to non-white people? 
Was everyone under the impression that everyone's in line and thinks the same exact thing in cohesion and nobody like deviates off into any fucking distractions? Because that's what the fuck a black on black crime argument is. It's a fucking distraction, you know? Okay, so to move on to the second part of my idea of even accepting his premise of we should derive the truth from a fucking Gallup poll. He does a terrible job of applying this to his point. So here he is talking about the Tom Cotton send in the trips article. And he says, Cotton did not call for a military force against protesters in American cities. He spoke of a show of force to rectify uh. a situation a significant portion of the country saw as firing out of control. It's an important distinction. No, it's fucking not. No, it's not. Who gives a shit no, that I... Like, what is a show of force if not a use of force? What do the opinions of people who may not be connected Again, to the situation assuming, at all Even assuming that matters. Even let's assume that a significant portion of the country gets to decide <laughs> the truth. There's not a significant distinction between a military force against protesters and a show of force. What is a force is necessarily against a thing. You can't have force in the abstract. Force is against something that is inherent to force. It's in relation to the protesters. It is a show of force, meaning a use of force against the protesters. That is literally what that means. Maybe he meant um, show of fierce because it's like Pride <laughs> Month. Anyway, <laughs> okay, it's, it's, it was stupid. Um, and then he goes on to use the percentages. Yeah. Right. A morning consult poll showed 58% of Americans either strongly or somewhat supported the idea of calling in the U.S. military to supplement city police forces. And that survey included 40% of self-described liberals and 37% of African-Americans. <sighs> right. Who gives a shit? Like, well, his point is that the outrage over the publication of this article... Was disproportionate. Um, was disproportionate to the amount of people that saw the validity in the argument, therefore validating the publication. Except the... The article was, in fact, calling for the use of the military against the protest. And people found that terrible when it was actually spelled out. So that should also be a reaction to the article. It wasn't just random Twitter mobs. It was, in fact, people who also worked at the Times who said this article should not have been run. And lo and behold, it was like a fucking 20-something who ran the article who was then reassigned or fired or whatever. He's defending, like, the thinnest levels of standards. I just, it just seems, like, unnecessarily personal. Someone like Matt TV is obviously aware of the landscape. How much he is, though? 
that, that's something I would push back. I mean, on. I guess, yeah, I guess this does make me question it. I, I my previous impression of Matt Taibbi would tell me that, oh yeah, he's got a handle on this somewhat. I uh, mean, he, for someone who's made his name, I know Matt Taibbi from the Iraq War. I know mm-hmm. Matt Taibbi by being a kid in high school who was in a very conservative white suburb who most of the people I interacted with had Republican parents and just spat off their, like, fucking talking points. And I had liberal fucking parents, and I spat off their talking points. But Matt Taibbi was a dude that I read a lot. I was, like, a little, like, fucking classic rock nerd in high school and I, yeah, my parents had a subscription to Rolling Stone, and Matt Taibbi's whole thing was about the use of American military force, about the way that we can couch brutal violence by the U.S. military in fun and safe language that will get broad support. And now to hear him just going off about how oh, it's not the use of force, it's the show of force. Like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, like, what kind of distinction is this? And also to real quick, because, like, Felix had this fucking tweet, to real quick, like, address the defenders of it, of, like, oh, yeah, ain't the U.S. media hyperbolic a bit? John Stewart made that fucking point. Everyone's made that fucking point. Yeah, news runs on a news cycle. If you want a description of that, listen to fucking citations needed. You don't need to read this fucking bullshit, hastily written piece by Matt Taibbi crying because some douchebag who was making three quarters of a million dollars writing for the New York Times lost his fucking job or Vox or the Philly Inquirer or whatever. Yeah, the news media runs on a cycle. It's hyperbolic. It cares more about selling whatever it needs to sell than it cares about disseminating the truth. I know I read Noam Chomsky when I was in fucking junior high. Like, whatever legitimate point he's made has been made better before this fucking article well i i think it it's something along the lines of pitchforks coming out the pitchforks coming out the vampires yeah, coming uh, out. yeah no i thought you meant pitch pitchfork uh media oh, I I was like, what, the f- what the fuck did they do i, I was a gonna very relate shitty... this to like mike tracy playing a yeah. fucking airplane over the sea song back yeah. in Pitchfork did write a shitty profile of Spankrock, who is going by Naeem now. Yeah, um, I mean, ironically, uh, really, Matt Taibbi, back in the days where Pitchfork mattered, uh, wrote for the Rolling Stones, which, the Rolling Stone, rather, uh, which was, (laughs) (laughs) which was the arch nemesis of Pitchfork. Yeah. Well, they were the dad rock to their... Their hip editorialism, but um, and never forget that Kanye West, uh, my twisted dark fantasy, got like a out of 10, out of 10. Yeah, as it deserved. That's a great album, and fuck all of you people who disagree. <laughs> He's talking to me. He's talking to me. Yeah, I know, I, know I am. <laughs> um. Anyway, so 
This brings us to my personal favorite part of this fucking article, which is the Philly Inquirer part. Um, so the Philly Inquirer ran a article with the headline, Buildings Matter Too. You know, mm-hmm. referencing Black Lives Matter, but like applying it to property damage, whereas Black Lives Matter applies to human life. This caused some consternation, and the editor who ran this article was fucking fired. Very expectable. A very expectable outcome. But Taibi couches this in this idea that the poll cited showed that 73% of Americans described protecting private property as very important. Where while an additional 16% described it as somewhat important. So he takes the idea that, okay, fine, a vast majority of Americans feel that private property is a thing that's good. He then applies that to, therefore, an editor whose judgment as an editor was to run the headline, Buildings Matter Too against the context of Black Lives Matter should not have been fired somehow. He doesn't have a poll saying a majority of Americans say the headline Buildings Matter is an appropriate headline. He just extrapolates from the idea that a majority of Americans feel that property rights are a thing. Therefore, an obvious play on the phrase Black Lives Matter should be okay. And that's his entire point. It's so stupid because... He himself goes on to say, would I have run the Inquirer headline? No. In the context of the moment, the use of the word matter especially sounds like the paper is equating Black Lives and buildings. Yeah, that's the fucking that's problem, the whole point people. that's he wouldn't have that's said that's why the person got fired yeah and he wouldn't have said he wouldn't have fucking used uh he wouldn't have and said they he, matter in, in in any other context it's not like a natural thing to fucking say Matt Taibbi makes this point where he understands what the issue was but he concludes with How can any editor operate knowing that airing opinions shared by a majority of readers might cost him his or her job? That's not what the editor did. The editor ran a headline that purposely invoked the phrase Black Lives Matter to subvert it to a reactionary end. That's what the editor did. They did that on purpose. They did that because they thought it would get them more clicks. It got them fired instead. That's fucking life. Them's the the editor didn't run a headline saying people like private property and private property is good. The editor ran a purposely troll headline and got in trouble for it. It's almost like it was incredibly insensitive. And that's what people reacted to. And not some convoluted rationalizing about how people are worried about buildings. And this is is where I'm trying to, like, draw this line of separation. We're even assuming his premise that let's assume that a poll saying property is a thing that should exist 
is supported by 90 plus percent of Americans. Let's assume that means therefore property ought to exist. Let's assume popular opinion actually makes truth and property should exist. That doesn't extrapolate to running the headline buildings matter too shouldn't get your you fired. Yeah, like it's like Matt doesn't know anybody died. <laughs> Yeah, except then the next paragraph, he even fucking spells out what the issue is. Well, okay, so like a lot of this is First Amendment hand-wringing, and he invokes Lee Fang, The Intercept, Glenn Greenwald, and all of these Tom Cotton as kind of this... um, He says it here, our brave truth-tellers make great shows of shaking fists at our parody president and not one of them will talk honestly about the fear running through their own newsrooms. His like premise is based on this again pitchfork coming out um, for people who are brave truth tellers that tell a story that isn't uh, part of uh, a consensus position and offends a couple people, and then oh my god, people are offended. But simultaneously, he uses his own version of consensus to justify. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Because, I mean, I would frankly argue that torches and pitchforks are the democracy of the unheard. I I mean, I would personally make that argument that, like... But But these are pitchforks that are in, like, his head, is my point. Right, yeah, yeah. No, like, because it is, it's like, okay, if 90 plus percent of Americans agree property is good, and then let's further extrapolate from that, therefore property is good, and therefore running the headline Buildings Lives Matter should not be a fireable offense for an editor at the Philly Inquirer. No, let's assume all those, like, you know, steps are logically consistent for argument's sake. Couldn't that 90 plus percent of people also buy pitchforks? Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, like, what, what the, f- why are you getting in trouble if this is an uncontroversial point you're telling? And if it's a controversial point, then like, why are you surprised that you're getting in trouble? Well, I think that's exactly the crux of it is that it kind of reveals that Taibi is somewhat surprised and flummoxed by the change in the current. Uh, Because I do think the last time we had any big protests, riots, etc., the narrative of, oh, God, what about the buildings? What about the small businesses? Blah, 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 was a lot stronger. It had a lot more impact with people. And this time, it's just, like, fucking dissipating, like, sands in the hourglass. Um, All we are is dust in the wind. (laughs) To quote Will Ferrell. Yeah, yes. (laughs) To quote Will Ferrell in the movie Old School, which is the only (laughs) place that exists. Um, I thought it was Anchorman. I'm gonna be serious. I, I, I forgot that it was Old School. No, Anchorman is when he yeah, yeah. 
lung. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I remember my classic rock references for Apatow-esque Will Ferrell yes. from the late 2000s. But, no, I think you're right, Bunny. He is like baby. He is baby. He is baby. Yeah, I think a lot of little baby, uh, young Gen X and elder millennial uh, liberals uh, have a real sad, like, disappointment that all of their, like, Lisa Simpson-esque kind of trying hard idealism has yeah, no, not, at this like, point, free Tibet is a uh, shadow fucking imperialist anti-dangist uh, uh, it's also CIA. Yeah, it's CIA as fuck. Yeah, Dalai Lama is a CIA. <laughs> I'm gonna agent. get that on a necklace. Get yeah. over it, Lisa Simpson. Get over it, Lisa. Well, and you know, you know free Tibet, fucking Mao Zedong, free Tibet. <laughs> From the like goddamn neo feudal theocratic Lama based aristocracy. It is that. What were you saying, Bunny? Sorry, take all <laughs> what I just said seriously. That's what I actually believe. <laughs> um, go on, Bonnie. No, I just, I do see this thing happening where people who are a little older, a little bit more comfortable, but heavily identif- identify as liberal, they're having a really hard time with the more radical aspects of what's happening right now, especially they're having a hard time with with people's general comfort with those radical aspects because there are so many people who can't get to the point where I think the state should know that we the people will burn down at least three buildings per human life taken by the state and that is the bare minimum <laughs> like i i don't think there's anything ethically wrong with saying something like that because human life is superior to any property even my most favoritist property uh, <laughs> which i don't know what what my most favoritist property would be but I'm just saying Animorphs would be my favorite intellectual property. Well, that that is a good she's giving it out for free. And yeah, but, um, she's I, not a turf. She is not. But I will real quick say that one of my least favorite 19th century leftist theorists uh, would be <laughs> Joseph Proudhon. And I recently rewatched young Karl Marx on Amazon Prime. And honestly, if you're going to watch it, just watch a legal version. Like, just pay for it if you have to. Like, because it's such a this was filmed in four different languages movie that you don't want an illegal version of it. <laughs> um, you just want to, like, just pony up the fucking money for that movie. Wait, are you advocating for paying something? Yeah, I'm advocating for getting a fucking Amazon Prime p- subscription just to watch the young Karl Marx. <laughs> That's a hundred percent pay Jeff Bezos in order to watch a biopic of Karl Marx from <laughs> the years 1844 to 1848. Anyway, Proudhon is in that. Proudhon is absolutely 
someone who should be guillotined as a counter-revolutionary. And my favorite quote in all of classical leftism was by Joseph Proudhon, which was, I dream of a world where I will be sent to the guillotine as a counter-revolutionary. And not enough people take that to heart. That is Taibbi's <laughs> problem, is... I remember revolutionary Taibbi. I remember the year 2004 and reading Taibbi articles and going, God damn it, fuck George W. Bush. Um, we gotta elect John Kerry. Yeah, absolutely. And Taibbi was the fucking red flag waver of that vanguardist movement. Um, and now Taibbi needs to die. And he should accept that fact. Yeah, he, he should, should get march. on TikTok and let the zillennials roast him. He should march and? proudly onto the guillotine and shed a tear because the world that he fought for finally came to fruition. And now he needs to be fucking beheaded so the people who can fight for a better world than that can start to fight. Yeah, he, uh... You either die a hero or live to blah, blah, blah. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. That's right. Live to, <laughs> you know, watch the world burn. What, how is it going? <laughs> I don't fucking know. I'm pretty sure that was from, like, a they're Chris both, Nolan Batman movie. Yes, they're bo both... I'm referencing the other part. Um... <laughs> All right, we were in um, no way getting to Durda in this, but also I had this whole fucking, like, Philly accent Derrida thing. <laughs> I have a post-apocalyptic Philly versus Baltimore pilot that's called Water Wars. Well, what a lot. But, um... <laughs> It's, that's the whole. Yeah, you got pilot. you. Yeah, you guys. Have you ever heard of deconstruction? This <laughs> brother thought of it. Anyway, I was reading Spaces <laughs> and Marx, and uh, Derrida says that uh, the John is out of John. Um, <laughs> is, is this Tom Petty? Yeah, well, you know what, like, I John retreat to uh, Tom Petty when I'm trying to cover the fact that I don't actually know how to do a Philly accent. I think that was a Tom a Petty doing a Bob Dylan. Yeah, whatever. Philadelphia accent is Philadelphia like accent. Philadelphia. Well, I no, do know um, that Derrida would be pronounced Derrida. Um, Derrida. Yeah, it would be like, man, all these dirts like Derrida. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it would definitely be Durda. And yeah, you guys, have you ever heard of deconstruction? Um, I think it's yeah. pretty fucking solid. And also, I do like the phrase, the John is out of John. Um, that I'm going to defend. I think that's defensible. The John and you, and you is out of John. And you won't back down. I will not back down for that. <laughs> also, Wildflowers is the best Tom Petty album. If any of our listeners it? have not sat down and listened to Wildflowers, fuck Full Moon Fever. Fuck that fucking pop bullshit right in the ass. Uh, Wildflowers. Wait, wait. Uh, can we get sued by Tom Petty as well? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, uh, Tom Petty's the state is suing Republican politicians for playing a shit at whatever it doesn't matter anyway 
Uh, listen to Wildflowers. Great fucking album. Wonderful album. Uh, Only a Broken Heart. Great fucking song. Uh, that's on Wildflowers. Several other songs are on Wildflowers. They're all great songs. <laughs> they are all great songs. Won't back down. That's... The, I will not the back down from my position that Wildflowers is the greatest Tom Petty album. <laughs> oh, man. If I was the album Wildflowers, I would say it's good to be king of the Tom Petty albums. <laughs> oh, man. I just watched Robin Hood Men in Tights earlier. <laughs> awesome, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I like to watch uh, something like Robin Hood Men in Tights and then tell my boyfriend that they're referencing other Mel Brooks movies that he hasn't seen. Yeah, uh, isn't your boyfriend like mad young? In this in this week, let's not. Let's okay, not aren't you basically Chris Dahlia in your <laughs> love life? But a chick? Uh, yeah, what? you're like Christine Dahlia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my boyfriend um, is younger than me. Uh, uh, to be fair, I'm also true. younger than you, and I'm yes. pretty sure your boyfriend is like my age or some shit. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, my boyfriend um, is a 90s baby. Uh, so slightly younger, but whatever. So, yeah. But uh, this quarantine um, and everyone getting to take a closer look at all the fucked up shit in the world is ruining a lot of my best jokes. Uh, the anachrony. That's a fucking yeah. reference to the Spectres yeah. of Marx. For all you <laughs> out there. Uh, Spectres of Marx. Is that like uh, is that like ghosts? You know, is that like the ghost of Marx? Yeah, yeah it's like the ghost of Marx. It talks about hauntology, uh, which uh, Marx Fisher uses. <laughs> Uh, he really introduces that in uh, <laughs> ontology and lost futures. Anyway, no, then I, like Mark Fisher talks about a bunch of like emo shit from like England in the nineties, like fucking like just uns, uns, uh fucking like jungle ass uh, drum and bass. Um. Anyway, yeah. No, I got a whole character in the. It's, it's I like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on a similarly inclined Baltimore philosophy. Baltimore, yeah, no, Baltimore. it's gonna be like uh, basically the same accent, but you're gonna say hun. Oh. I'm gonna say hun, and I'm gonna be like, um, you know, I gotta go to ocean. I'm gonna hit them O's real well, hard. Well, yeah, no, we all say O's <laughs> like oh no, I gotta go home. Oh, no. Uh, I gotta go to my home in Ocean City. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, we even yeah, both you know, have an Ocean City. It's awesome. I know, like, except um, our Ocean City is like mad trashy, and your Ocean City is like mad classy. So. Yeah, no, our Ocean City was like founded by the Methodists. You know, back in the like early 1900s, everyone thought I know, that like I went on the breathing ghost in tour. like ocean air would like cure your tuberculosis. Uh, it didn't, but the Methodist Church like just bought up a bunch of land there. Yeah. I was just down there. I was in Delaware. Oh, okay. The land of the Biden. Yeah. Land of the Biden. Land of the tax shelters. Back in the day, a man named Wilm Ying founded a ton. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. 
Oh boy. All right, oh boy. fuck it. Yeah, let's go to sleep before I get alcohol poisoning. <laughs> Don't do that. Anyway, work on your character. Yeah, we'll talk um, Derrida next week. Uh, we'll Derrida next week. Uh, try to bully Matt Taibbi if you get a chance. Yeah, no, fuck Matt Taibbi. He's stupid. He's <laughs> stupid. He probably thinks he's a Ravenclaw. Yeah, anyway, like, seriously. Also, if you can find out Matt Taibbi's ethnicity, I, I'd be interested. Yeah. I'll, is yeah. he Turkish? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but is he not Turkish? Nobody knows, so... Literally, um, he could be Turkish, but, um, yeah. He is Filipino. Yeah. Who adopt, who was, a real ethnicity. I'm gonna was adopted go as a child by a Sicilian-American couple. Oh, okay. that sucks. Okay. So basically, we're combining Asian, Spanish, as all Filipinos do, uh, and then combined with the Sicilians. My and car got hit by a Sicilian. They're <laughs> a dirty fucking car-hitting people. Yeah, man. They're uh, going to take care of it. They're going to take care of it. Yeah, no, that just means they'll, like, murder you. That's what the Sicilian means when he says he'll take care of it. Oh, man. I, sh I guess I shouldn't go get my car fixed. <laughs> anyway, I got a big <laughs> jar of Gardeniera in the fridge, and I'm about to, like, chow on that shit. That's right. right. Chow right. down. Chow down. Like Noriega. Welcome <laughs> to the sweet paradise city. <laughs> Child of mine. Wait, can you just drink night train? November rain. <laughs> anyway. All right. We're done here. <laughs> See you guys next week. See ya. Bye.